Hello everyone, welcome back to LadyPod with me, Lottie Morley. LadyPod is all about highlighting wonderful women from all walks of life. It's storytelling for the sisterhood. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Emily Valentine, Instagram extraordinaire and the founder of The She Brief, a digital platform for women in business. Here she is. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on LadyPod. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Are you well? Yes, I'm very well. Well, I, as we just mentioned before you started recording, I feel like I'm a little bit tipsy. <laughs> My Excellent. Had a few techie issues, but I've, don't worry. I've got a so cheers. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Today. Cheers, darling. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. So let's start off with uh, you telling me a little bit about yourself. I know you sounds like you're in an, in an interview, but you tell me who who is Emily Valentine. Oh my gosh, who is she? Well, I am, I guess, first and foremost, a content creator and an influencer. That is my day to day. It's not just my job, it's my life, being on social media 24 hours a day. Uh, but on top of that, I'm also a talent manager. I also am an entrepreneur. I'm launching my next business, um, which is a female membership platform for solopreneurs, women in business, female founders. So I've got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you mentioned that you're an influencer. That's your kind of main bag. So you've got nearly 50,000 people that follow you on Instagram. What is that like? You know, it's it's great. Um, it's sad that I don't have a million followers, you know, like, <laughs> you can dice it and slice it whatever way you want. Some people it's incredible. Some people it's like, you're small. It's a number <laughs> often. But for me, um, I'm super proud of my little online community, my little slice of the internet that I've cultivated over the last five years doing what I do. It's a great space to be in. It's It feels both natural and challenging um, to work in in, in, on Instagram, on YouTube, um, every single day, you know, and I love my followers to bits. They're amazing. They are the reason I do what I do. I do it for them. And I feel blessed to have such an incredibly cool following of women just that are checking in with me day to day, want to hear what I have to say, um, what I'm doing, what my opinions on the shade of door I'm going to paint my front door or like what I'm having yeah. dinner or like the best new sex toy in my collection like you know it's 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 an incredible place to be and um you know it can be incredibly challenging as well because there's often that line between where does my work end and my life be- my life begin like it's it's constantly blurred it's a very gray space to be in but I, I really wouldn't change it for the world um through all the jobs I've had um I feel like I was supposed to end up here so good you've mentioned that it is literally like you're sharing what you have for dinner what thing what, what color you're painting your walls and stuff is there ever like a, a line for you where you're like actually I'm not going to put that on there is there a, is there a, is there something that's too much to share yeah I think that those questions come up when it's like who else does this affect other than me um so you know the intimate details of my, my relationship or my friendships you know when we're out doing nothing like often you know I'll take my phone out with me on holiday back when we could go on holiday on girls trips and stuff and I'd be there and it's like you always know when it's like okay now you put the phone down and that shit don't go on camera <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah god I can imagine I think a good place to base it off is is who it affects um and you know I've chosen this path um my friends and immediate family haven't so that's always that always comes into play that moral element but to be honest the way I create content I think in order to be in a place of authenticity and really like you know give 
create that bond with your followers, it does mean you have to give up quite a lot of your life actually and it is a choice I've made it might not be one I do forever but for where I am right now I'm I've made peace with that and it's okay because like I said my following my community are incredible and they're very supportive do you ever get any judgment for that do you ever get anyone being like oh being an influencer that's really sad like because I've definitely heard people say that even though I don't I don't feel like that at all I mean I heard it a few times I think I heard it a lot when I was still working full-time for somebody else. and I wasn't a full-time influencer, so to speak. Um, a lot of the, the industry I was in, it was quite an old-fashioned, it is quite an old-fashioned industry. I used to be a, a talent manager in um, fashion photography and it is an incredibly archaic and dated industry where, you know, I think they felt slightly threatened by the fact that someone could go out with their mobile phone and create incredible looking content and upload it and get kudos and get paid for it and do brand deals. So when you're like at an agency that is making, you know, 40 grand on a billboard campaign and we've got, you know, specialist photographers who've worked years to get where they are. And then there's me on the sidelines, like doing a bit of Instagram here and there and like, you know, there was a lot of judgment um, in the workplace for me a few years, well, five years ago now before I went full time. Um, uh, but really, once I left that area, I, I don't I don't hear it anymore. Um, I don't know whether that's because people are being polite. But in the beginning, there was a lot of questions like, and you make money from that? Like that? And you pay the bills? Like how, how do you make money like posting on Instagram? But I do feel like those questions have stopped now. It was very much a five year ago thing and I just I don't hear it whether it's I'm not surrounding myself with those people anymore or people have just moved on and they understand that this is quite a lucrative and legit career definitely and it is interesting it is interesting isn't it you know and, it, and I think it is alien to a lot of people I agree with you like it I find it fascinating even someone who's in it and earning like quite good money from it you know it, mm. I, it's it's incredible it's it's actually a female dominated space which makes me so proud to be a part of it's a place where you know I left my work space where I felt like I was never paid what I was worth I was giving all my time and energy to somebody else to line their pocket and I never felt valued and I walked away from that career in agenting managing or whatever into one that I fashioned entirely for myself and like all of my female peers smashing in the industry are doing exactly the same you're setting your own standards and and I you know it's find incredible still to this day that this career option exists for women yeah no it is awesome definitely and I know that your younger sisters are also influencers and quite big on social media and that sort of thing do you think that they followed in your footsteps yeah I yeah they, yeah they did <laughs> they like they would agree for sure like we're three sisters for anyone that doesn't know I have a sister called Jessica and a twin sister twin sisters Jessica and Alice Jessica's high Jess Rose Parr and Alice is the paleo peach and they're only a year younger than me um so we're very close in age but I was always the performer child like I was always the one that was acting dancing singing like and like it, it really wasn't something that they aspired to but I think they are really smart women anyway and they both have interests and they're funny and yeah like I said intelligent so I mean I think it was only natural for them to see what I was doing and you know make that work for them as well and I also manage both of their careers as well so what comes naturally to me in the terms of like I have that that sort of experience in the management world and, and agenting so to speak the outreach um, I was able to take them under my wing and cultivate their careers for them as well which was really exciting because I think they're both incredible women and they have they're totally different content to me I think but um, they really own their spaces so they're a pleasure to represent 
And um, yeah, I think there was a degree of influence there, um, being the older sister. I mean, it, it happened from the day they were born, I think. But um, <laughs> I mean, anyone can be an influencer, really. Not anyone can influence. I would say that, though. It's not anyone can influence, but, you know, it's an open space. Like, anyone can have a shot at it, really. So influencer on the internet, influencer in the family as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the o- older child syndrome. Like, you can't help it. Like, you're the first to do everything, so... It's just the way it goes, I think. It's just an area I really like to be in. Like, uh, there's a bit of a running joke amongst my peers online, like my fellow influencers, that I get called Chris Jenner a lot because <laughs> um, I just, <laughs> I'm just like the Chris Jenner of the of the of the influencer world. Like, I've got, yeah. I take these people onto my wing. Like, there's so many of my peers. They like, they'll DM me like, oh, I've had this job in from L'Oreal. Like, what do you think I should pitch myself at? What should I go in with at rates? And I just, I. Thought, I love that shit. Like I just, oh, I, I love, love talking that. money. I, I get such a buzz from the negotiation side of it. So even though I left that career behind when I became a full-time influencer, for some reason I've like ended up doing it again. I just, I really do enjoy it. So yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. So you're like uh, Regina George's mum in Mean Girls with the with the dancing <laughs> in the in the <laughs> when they're all doing the the dance to the Santa song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that so much. I just, I just yesterday actually it's so weird that you say that you watched it yeah I had it on in the background today like randomly I haven't watched the the film in four years but yeah it's just gone on to Netflix so I watched it the other day as well that's probably why it's fresh in my mind (laughs) (laughs) social media and Instagram in particular it's a very female dominated like you do get male influencers and you do get you know people doing fitness and food and stuff like that but I I have to say I do think the term influencer is kind of looked down on a little bit in some in some ways. Do you think that there is a connection to that being a female dominated space and people looking down on that career? I think it's a really interesting point that you know is continuously discussed in the area I work in. Yeah, I think there are some like people have like bad connotations with the word maybe because it is a female dominated space because women have the confidence to put themselves out there on on social media and be like this is who I am feeling myself right now this is what I think you know it's a space we can control entirely ourselves without any influence from men or anyone else and it's like people can hate on that you know and and it's such it's so sad that we still live in a world where you know a woman doing really well and being confident in herself and putting herself out online can still be looked down on. And yes, there is a lot of people still talking about influencer being a dirty word. I personally hear these conversations and I don't relate because, I mean, it's exactly what I do. The label says what I do. And like, there's no shying away from that. Like in the same way that people get funny about saying how much they earn, like working in this space, like it's something to be proud of, in my opinion. If I influence as an influencer, I'm proud of that like that's something I've taken years to cultivate years of um, messaging my followers being available being honest being truthful you know with them always telling them what I think and feel and, and showing up authentically on a regular basis that has cultivated my influence and without your authenticity and showing up you cannot create influence so influence for me is something to be proud of and yeah it might be seen as a dirty word to some people but I genuinely think that's coming from a really weird sort of negative dark place where maybe their own issues around self-confidence are creeping into play I it's I remember there was a stat I read like two years ago when I was a teenager the most coveted job for a woman a young woman was a pole dancer or a glamour model 
that's what most girls wanted to be. They wanted to be pole dancer, they wanted to be glamour model. This is a stat, I think the Daily Star wrote about it years ago. Mm. Ten years later, the most coveted job for a woman these days, or a young woman, or a girl in high school, is an influencer. Like, how can that be a, a dirty word? I mean, I know I've just put it alongside glamour model. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know Nothing mean? wrong with those things either. <laughs> Not at all, not at all. But like how amazing that we can come so far in 10 years that the most coveted career has gone from glamour model to influencer. Like, and they are essentially in many ways the same thing. You know, we get up every day, we show ourselves on camera, we pose for pictures, we there's mm. a few lines about how we think and feel. So you are very open on your Instagram, uh, which I love, about sort of sex and female pleasure and things like that. Is that something you've always done or is that a recent thing? It's really funny you ask that because I actually asked myself that today. I was um, uploading an Instagram TV um, where I basically spring clean my sex toy collection. <laughs> and I was going through that. Honestly, that was today's upload on Instagram. So if you're in the market for some sex toys, head over and have a look because I've got. <laughs> I love that. We've asked we, the question earlier was um, how much do you think is oversharing? And it's literally like nothing is too much. <laughs> Honestly, that that video though was edited hardcore because I, I I'm only human and I did slip on. I was like, me and my boyfriend absolutely love this. And I'm like, don't put that in. Don't put that in. Absolutely under no circumstances. But earlier when I was uploading this video and I was like, it's really strange because my upbringing and I think you know we all carry <laughs> our parents' trauma in some sense of the word, right? Um, and my parents were always quite prude. And I remember vividly as a child when we would sit down on a Friday or Saturday night and watch a family film. Um, my mum would, <laughs> would always fast forward through all the sex scenes. And it, it's, <laughs> like, it's such a vivid memory. Like my mum, who, uh, who at one point in her life was a gyne- gynecologist nurse looking after women and babies and, and everything to do with the female sex organs, was such a prude. And I really do think that that has contributed to how, like, open I am about sex and female pleasure in general, because she was so almost very closed up about it. It's almost like I did a complete 180 and was just like, I love sex. And I think everyone should enjoy sex. And I think we all deserve to have the best sex we can possibly have. And, and this conversation around female pleasure, it's, it's, it's largely a new one. But I think more and more, the more we talk about it, like the more people are engaging with it. And actually, it's becoming not like an icky subject that we were maybe like, taught it to be, you know, especially with my growing up, like sex was just a bit like, Oh, no, we don't talk about it. Like, you know, you don't have it, we don't talk about it it's unsafe like all of this sort of thing and it's Mm. like sex is wonderful and it's like a huge part of being a human being and for centuries female pleasure has just been played down as unimportant not something to be taken seriously and yet you know it's it's we have better orgasms than than men so what like Mm. (laughs) get that let's get that orgasm please and and you know I think it's just something I feel really passionate about and I want everyone to have a good sex life and if I can you know oh my god the amount of dms when I put up anything to do with sex toys like if I recommend really like nine times out of ten I get this like essay in my inbox like thank (laughs) you Jesus Emily Valentine it lights my heart up so you're quite close with your followers then. <laughs> like I said, you've got to cultivate those authentic relationships. 
So obviously there are loads of benefits to social media, I think. But what would you say is the negative side? Have you ever experienced anything negative from from being on social media? I really feel like social media is something that it's it's your responsibility to manage if you are making the decision to turn up every day and put yourself online for other people then that is your responsibility to deal with the backlash that's not saying that trolling in any shape or form is ever right like it definitely isn't cancel culture is just something that shouldn't exist and it's very very bad and I think it's a horrible thing and it only comes from a bad place but I feel like I have the responsibility to protect myself in whatever way I feel possible so if I feel like I need to take a few days off or a week off or even a month you know that's that's not off limits to me like just because my job is to turn up and be available on the day I choose you know that doesn't mean that I'm just going to take a step back when I, I need to you know it can be hard but I honestly think it's up to me to manage it because you can't control other people you can only control your own actions thoughts and feelings so it's my responsibility mm. very much. I think one thing that a lot of people struggle with is motivating themselves, especially obviously the small fact that we're in a pandemic at the moment and everything's on its head and it's very weird times. Where do you find your motivation? Is that a natural thing for you? Or is that something that you think you can kind of you can kind of cultivate yourself? I think I've always been ambitious. From a young age, I've always had the wildest dreams, you know. I want to be everything. I, it was never just one career. It's like, I want to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do an interior designer, actress, slash surgeon. You know, that was always <laughs> me as a child. Um, so I think it does come naturally to me. Um, but I have down days like anyone. Like, it, it's so hard to do. I mean, my job is amazing, but it, it like every job, it does have its like hardships. It can be so hard to stay motivated, uh, you know, to show up on camera every day and, and share your feelings. I, I always try and show both sides of, my life because I think again that does wonders for being an authentic person online um but another thing that drives me and I'm quite unashamedly admit is money like I I've always wanted to live a comfortable life and nothing feels better than seeing thousands of pounds hit your bank account when you get a payment from a brand deal come in and that's me like it doesn't drive everyone but it is really the reason I get up in the morning and I open my inbox I'm like right let's bring home the box for me for my sisters for everyone I look after that is a real big motivator for me because it, it, it money is freedom and I think for so many women at still to this day like money is just such a weird topic and and I just wish it wasn't because money is freedom in so many it, we live in a capitalist society there's no getting around that like women need to look after themselves way more financially and I think a lot of I mean a lot of my peers anyway are in relationships where they are not the breadwinner and I think that is still quite the norm in hetero relationships where women are, are earning less I've never been the one earning less in my relationship that that suits me fine because that for me feels comfortable like I I, I want to depend on myself and like if it all went tits up tomorrow with my boyfriend then you know, I, you know I'm, I'm gonna be okay and have you ever had anyone be intimidated by that? Yeah, no, never actually. Oh, you're dating the right sort of people then. <laughs> <laughs> Am I though? Like sometimes <laughs> I'm like, maybe if you had the same ambition and drive as me, like we would just be this powerhouse. But then <laughs> that, like a, a beautiful relationship is made of yings and yangs and we're all like mm. balancing each other out. So I'm always the like, hard-hitting like money-focused ambitious one in the relationship it's just always been that way and I guess I just pick my partners based on that like you know who's going to compliment me who's going to soften me at my edges a bit 
how do you measure success? I know you've spoken about money, but are there other, you know, other ways that you kind of measure it? Yeah. Um, I think a huge thing for me in in working towards the career that I've always dreamed of is having autonomy. Um, I think it's so important. And it was almost the thing that depressed me. The, I think it was probably, it probably depressed me more like than the fact that I was being paid a measly salary working for other people. What depressed me more was like the lack of autonomy in what I was doing. I always felt undermined. Um, I never felt like I was uh, given like a chance to, you know, show my true potential or like, you know, just had enough responsibility. Um, I always felt held back. Um, I witnessed so many men coming onto the teams that I worked on at higher pay um, rates, you know, and doing exactly the same job as me. Um, over, always overlooked. All the classic shit you always hear from women working in the in, in industries where they just in are in mixed teams, and it's just a hard slog. You know, it's it really is an uphill battle, even in 2021. Um, so yeah, for me, a driving factor to having this sort of career was the autonomy. You know, I choose when I wake up, I choose how much I pay myself, I choose when I go to work, I choose when I don't work. Like, it's just. I have that freedom and I think it's the most amazing blessing in the world. And it's, it's in a sense more valuable than the money that comes with doing what I do. Like just that freedom. You don't have to answer to anyone. God, that sounds bloody great. I work shifts. So I'm like literally on the other end of that, <laughs> the complete other end. Like I do not choose when I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were telling me you get up at three. I can't even like that's insane. But... So we're going to talk about the She Brief in just one moment, but I have just one more question before that. So obviously you mentioned about life. Did you say it was life coaching? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm really interested by the idea of life coaching, actually. I've never done it myself, but it's something that I've sort of looked at and thought, oh, that sounds good. Do you think, I don't know if you've ever had therapy, but do, do you think, is it similar to that? Like what, what, what's a life coach? Like what, what does that entail? It's a really good question because I wasn't entirely sure myself before I started. And I'm someone that's been in and out of talking therapy, you know, for mental health reasons, like several times over the course of the last, I don't know, 13 years. Um, and the reason I never stuck at it was because I always went to a therapist when I felt like I had an issue I needed to kind of resolve. I would talk it through for a few weeks, you know, maybe I'd see them for a couple of months. And then, you know, I'd walk away and be like, okay, I'm done here. I feel like I'm over whatever it was, like whatever issue I was having at the time and then I wouldn't look back and then I would just you know I would reaccess it when I felt I needed it but the issue I always had with talking therapy versus what I get from life coaching was there never really seemed like any end point to the therapy like you could stay in that chair you could visit that chair every single week talk to this same person over and over again how do you feel oh really and what does that seem like oh and how mm. about and oh really and it's yeah. like I'll be talking to and I'm not dissing therapy at all because it is an amazing tool and I feel like everybody should have therapy actually everyone should have therapy in their lives at some point but for me I always kind of just drifted away from it because I never felt like there was any tangible results you know I was like talking myself blue in the face and then I'd be like I've had enough of this I'm moving on I'm over it whereas with life coaching I really I just I'm obsessed with it quite frankly because I go I show up I talk to this person who is like skilled to challenge me in every area and then also give me actions and steps to take so next time I show up with them in a, a meeting I have results if I'm putting right. like 
you know, that I actually get those those physical A to Z, one, two, three steps where I'm like, this is my problem. We talk about it just like you would in therapy. And then it's like homework. Like, I need you to do this. You're going to shop here. You're going to write this. You're going to send that email. You're going to pitch to five people at this rate. And then we're going to talk about it next week. And you go and you do all of those things. And then you shop next week. And I'm like, oh my God, I had the best week. I sent those emails. I've got these deals. Like, I feel great. You know, like not once in my lifetime in therapy have I ever shown up and sat in a uh, shrink's chair and be like, yeah, oh my God, everything you said last week. Oh, fuck. Like, you just changed my life. Like, I have all this stuff, all these results to show for it. So that is really the difference between coaching and therapy coaching is so results driven and you've got someone at the end of the phone or the zoom call or whatever that is actually going to challenge you and be like you need to try this you need to try this go away do it let's look at the results and um, go from there let's talk about the she brief firstly tell me what it is tell me what the she brief is so um the she brief in a nutshell (laughs) is a large nutshell, is basically a members platform where freelancers, female founders, women in business, small business owners, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, whatever, any female identifying person can show up in this space, join as a member. I've designed it so you can come in at any level you are in your current business situation, whether you're in a nine to five and you just got a seed of an idea there's various entry, entry points. And I designed that because I do think that, you know, like there is like quite an elitist thing about women in business. Like there's this, this weird concept on Instagram that we get seen, we see a lot of the time this like glamorized version of this boss babe. And it's, it's not like that. Like everyone has to start somewhere. So I've created an entry point for every single person to join this membership and it's tiered. And our major offering is the fact that every single month we drop workshops and masterclasses in with some of the best women in the industry in their niches. So we're talking like money management, sales sales tactics, like digital marketing 101. And then on the flip side, we've got all the mindset themes. So we're going to be talking about your human design chart, like how to best work on the basis of your like your human design concept. I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but it's something that I subscribe to massively. I'm a projector and learning about my human design type has hugely impacted the way I work and my style of work so I can really maximize my potential. Um, We're going to be doing confidence, um, mindset coaching. Um, We did a load of market research before we came up with all these themes as well. And the top three things that women want to know about is money, confidence and personal branding so there's going to be a lot of that coming in the next 12 months um but yeah we've we've got all of our experts now for the next five months so that's really exciting um so it's going to be just incredible and i can't wait to drop the content every month and just open up the space to all these future millionaires (laughs) oh my god it sounds great it honestly sounds really really good and I saw that you'd said that you'd seen a lot of like female empowerment sort of groups um, and sort of similar things to the She Brief, but everyone seemed to be taking themselves quite seriously. What what do you hope to achieve that's different to, to those sorts of groups? I mean, you just need to go on our Instagram to see me taking the piss out of myself as a female <laughs> entrepreneur. Like it's not all like Starbucks cups and legally blonde, like pink suits walking down the street with blow dryers. Like it really is just sometimes 
us at our laptops at 3 a.m. in the morning with square eyes, like, we've got to have dinner, our love life is in the gutter, we can't remember the last time we had sex, like, because we're launching a product and our heart and soul and energy is going into it. Like, I want to create a reality, uh, a, a space that really mirrors the reality of a woman running a business. And I want to, like, have a good time as well. Like, I think that's so important because all of these memberships that, exist already and believe me it's it's not a new idea like they do already exist they're out there they're either in the camp of like super like hard-nosed business facts data-driven webinars sales funnel bro marketing and it's just like like (laughs) i think we live in a world now where people want to be spoken to especially female female facing businesses like with care and authenticity and like you know it doesn't have to be these mad sales tactics. Let's get 10K months. Let's get a six figure, like you can have a six figure business in three months. Like it's just a load of bollocks basically. So there's that side of things I see a lot of. And then on the flip side, you see these really sugar coated, saccharine memberships where it's all like various shades of pink and everything's like cursive and it's like girl boss, boss babe. And it's like, no, like, can we just move away from the fact that there's a female pronoun or some sort of word that needs to be connected to the word boss. Like we can just be bosses as women and that's a full stop bitch. You know, like it doesn't have to be this candy coated version of what it is to be a female leader. Like, no, we don't need that. So I, I like to think I sit somewhere in the middle <laughs> of all of that. And, you know, it's just reality with a dose of humor because, you know, business isn't the be all and end of life. You know, you got to have fun as well. And also, you're also you're all about the sort of women supporting women. How important do you think that is in just day to day to day life as well? I mean, hugely. I think I think a lot of us grow up to feel and like we feel uncomfortable almost like shouting about other people's successes because we're immediately, almost automatically, and conditioned to feel bad about it and immediately reflect upon what that means and where where we are in our own personal journeys in life and it's it's a shame and actually although it's a shame it shouldn't be something that we shy away from because I think a lot of women naturally have that automatic response to seeing other women succeed um it's almost like oh well I hate her like like I'm jealous like why can't I be like her why am I not in that place you know and it's like these are all real thoughts that we've all had at some point, like where we felt that jealousy. And I think it's only a result of the society we live in and the fact that women have been pitted against each other for so long that we struggle sometimes to recognize each other's wins. And it is problematic in the sense that it's something that we just have to consciously address, I think, every single day of our lives. It's something I've had to work at even. Like I, was, I wasn't I was born like, yeah, let's just build these women up. This is amazing. Like it took me a really long time and a lot of in, introspective work to really be so self-assured in what I have to offer and bring to the table that I can actually sit here from a place of confidence and validation from myself and actually, you know, big up other women. And I think it's a lesson that a lot of us have to learn and we have to go through that change and know that there is enough space for everyone. And we don't, by bigging each other up, it doesn't take anything away from our own personal wins or our own personal gains in the future. And one thing that I love that I saw on the She Briefs Instagram, you said you're just like everyone's favorite aunt who doesn't just tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> so is that what people can expect uh, from the She Brief if they join? A lot of what people said to us when we were doing this initial market research was, we want someone to talk to us with absolutely no bullshit. Like, do not sugarcoat it. 
We want the straight up honest shit. And you can be that person and deliver that real truth and be nice about it. Like you don't have to be a bitch when you're telling people like home truths, basically. So yeah, in a, in a nutshell, people can expect that. Like we're never going to candy coat anything. You are paying for this. I'm going to give you the reality check. You know, I think it's so important. Like you've got to be straight up. I think, I think a lot of the time, and I go back to that, like, that visual we get often on social media of women running their business, their empires, their six-figure businesses or whatever. And it's like, it's just so, like, no one gets to that stage without a lot of hard work and sacrifice. And it's not ever mentioned in the finished product. Mm. And I feel people shy away from that a lot. But that's not something I want to do. Like, every step of the way is a reason to celebrate, even when you are unwashed at your laptop on your own at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the reality of it, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, it is. How are you feeling? Are you excited? Are you nervous? What are your sort of thoughts? Are you stressed? <laughs> Honestly, I am in. I am elated. I am despairing. I am, this is the best thing ever. I'm like, I wish I never did this. I am like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> And it's totally normal. It's totally normal. I just keep saying to myself, it's, you're launching a product. Like we're, we're bottlenecking here. I've got my developer emailing me 20 times a day. Like we need this, we need this asset. We need this. What about this? Oh, I've found a bug in the system. We have to find a workaround. I'm just like, <laughs> like luckily I've got a few people working for me right now who are just amazing and they're really working their socks off to do everything else but as the founder and it's like my baby it's my vision it all just comes up to me and I and I have a lot of decisions to make in a very small amount of time which I feel are huge decisions so we okay October November December January February March six months six months I have built this like I've never done this before but like a membership site is a beast and to do it in six months that's a huge achievement so no, we won't launch perfectly, but no one ever does. No launch is perfect, but that's the point of the soft launch. You know, we do a soft launch. Um, we get all this amazing feedback from our family members who took that leap of faith on us and was like, this is an amazing idea. I want to be part of it from the beginning. <laughs> Jobs are good and it's a lot, but I'm so excited for the final result. What would you say to women who might want to go freelance or start their own business or maybe uh, become an influencer or maybe start like a blog or something like that, but but maybe don't feel like they can or uh, are unsure about it? Yeah, um, I think there's maybe two things I would say. The first one is the most important and that is never, ever deviate from your authenticity because the minute you do that, the minute you fail. And that is a rule to live by in every sense of the word. But if you are starting out as an influencer or you want to go into business, the only thing that you have that no one else has is, is the fact that you are authentically an individual and you are yourself and nobody else has that. And that is the biggest thing to capitalize on in business, whether it's the product you're selling, whether it's the style of coaching you have, or whether it's how you show up in your content as an influencer online. Nobody else can be you. And there is a ton of people online that are copycats and it's just really see-through and the longevity from that sort of um, 
the, that way of working, it just doesn't exist. And it goes back to that saying that I said right at the beginning of this podcast, anyone can be an influencer, but not everyone can influence. So if you want that longevity, if you want that authenticity in your business, in your product, on your social media platforms, never deviate from who you truly are. And I know a lot of people struggle to show up online and, and say what they really feel because it's scary because being rejected when you're being honest feels much worse than when you're rejected from just saying something that you think someone wants to hear but like that is your bread and butter and that is something that I honestly believe has like made my success journey maybe a lot quicker and more lucrative I guess than somebody who turned up in in the space online and and maybe what didn't know didn't want to say what they really felt and maybe thought there was a system to the marketing a system to the the influencing you know there's two type of business people there's the one that shows up authentically and tells the person what they think they need to hear and then there's the someone that turns up and tells the person what they think they want to hear and I know what camp I am and I would always encourage people to stay in the authenticity camp because yes there's systems in place yes there's marketing techniques but the core of that is always going to be what is authentically you and no one can take that away from you. So stay true to it because you're really robbing yourself of success. If you, if you don't, um, not everyone's going to like you, you can't please everyone and you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Like I know there's some people that will follow me and like unfollow like within a day because they're like, Oh, I can't take that bitch. Like, no, she is not. But for the people that do want me, that they're the people that stay. They're the people that I, I show up for every day. They're the people that I continue to be myself for because that's why they're here. And I, I owe it to them to be authentic the whole time. So authenticity, number one, um, number two, don't expect it to be a, a ride, a, a, a free ride, like it really isn't, um, people think, I think I took my assistant on um, back in November, and you know, she applied for the job to be, you know, an influencer's assistant or whatever, and she said to me last month, she, <laughs> she looked up from her laptop, her, <laughs> it's like a little bit of a, like a clammy brow, hair back, like just looked like she'd been at the computer for like 42 days, and she just said, <laughs> I will underestimated everything that goes into running this business and I was like amen amen child and that is why you're here <laughs> it is hard work like you know people often put on Instagram like it's a breeze it's a walk in the park I've got all these lovely gifts I have oh my gosh I'm always in the latest fashions I'm going away on press trips not any of that is a free ride I work hard for every single every single second of it and that's why you know I have no guilt about it but people look at influencers and they're often like oh I want that well you better be prepared to work 12 hour days for a good few years before you are taken seriously because that's what I did and that's why I am where I am today always persevere you know if you want it enough it will come to you and as long as you're 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 staying authentic to yourself then I guarantee success will come to you if you are if you're persevering and you're authentic there's no way it doesn't happen it, it just does like if you're showing up and you're being authentic and you have a passion shit will happen for you what would you say is the worst thing about being a woman our menstrual cycles probably I have I have one that is particularly annoying it's like my hormones are out of whack so ovulation is a bitch I'm like every mother I'm like oh I want to die for 24 hours so that really really annoys me because Two weeks of the month, I feel fucking fantastic. And then two weeks of the month, I'm like, hey. So I feel like that holds me back and I really hate it. 
it's just my I'm raging like I'm a I'm a I'm a devil devil. (laughs) oh no oh god that's annoying yeah I can understand why that would be your pick then (laughs) so on the other hand what would you say is the best thing about being a woman Oh, I mean, just having a female body, I think is absolutely fantastic. Like all of it. Like, I just think women are incredibly beautiful creatures in all their forms. I think we're just amazing. Like, honestly, I wish I was attracted to women sometimes. Like, there's a reason that people have painted women for centuries. We're just such beautiful things, beautiful beings. So just natural and just, I think, incredible. Thank you so much for listening and a huge thank you to Emily for joining me on this week's episode. We love getting your feedback, so if you did like this episode, please write us a review and subscribe on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Give us a follow on Instagram, we're at underscore ladypod and the same for Twitter. Thank you for listening, ladies. I'll see you next week. Mm